Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 230. Discovery consists of seeing what everyone has seen and thinking what nobody has thought. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, John Lohavishan. John, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I've got my wash mitts ready. I'm ready to go. All right. Great to have you here. John Lohavishan is the founder and president of Gleam Fire in Belmont, Massachusetts. He's developed a new and innovative car washing system that eliminates the need for traditional bucket and water. His new product design enables the enthusiasts to safely clean their vehicles with less water, both inside and outside of the garage. He's an MBA from Vanderbilt University and has 20 years of experience as a product manager developing software products for startup and financial service firms. Gleamfire is John's first entrepreneurial step into the new product development in the automotive industry. And I'm proud to help him move this new product along since I worked in that industry for so many years. It's really great to have you here. So John, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your new business, your interests, and of course your passion for automobiles? Sure, Mark. Uh, but first, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and definitely for all the listeners out there. I really appreciate this opportunity and we definitely give you some great insight into this brand new product I'm working on. Well, great. It's it's really exciting to have you here. You know, Cars Yeah is so much about the entrepreneurial journey and how people figured out how to wrap their passion for cars into their vocation. And that's why I'm really excited to have you here today. So you're welcome. Okay. So I think my, you know, I just start with my passion and I think my passion for starting to wash cars, you know, especially for washing cars, is where I began, is sort of my dad, you know, probably a lot of us did, you know, where you helped him wash the car and try to make it clean. But, you know, and he always told me for his advice, you know, always make sure to wash your car and make it clean. That way, you know, you did a good job. So, you know, I took that to heart and always, you know, wash my cars myself. And, you know, I think from that is where I kind of got my passion for, you know, more caring for the car and then it related back to, wow, you know, you can make a car nice and shiny and gleamy. And so, you know, it just reflects on who you are and and then reflects on 
your vehicle as well. So, so that is where my passion began from. But I think, you know, connecting the dots from, you know, a career in financial services and especially software development is a little, is a little different. But I think the principles are the same. There, I was developing new products. You have to figure out, you know, what's the problem? What's the need? Um, how can you do it economically? And how can you make a buck off of this? So you take those same principles for building a business, for building a solution, and apply it to a different market or a different... For me, it's from something software-based to more hardware-based. But I think it's a good opportunity to take those principles and all of the methodologies that you know how to develop a product with and apply it to something that's really closer to your heart and something that you care about more. Exactly. So at least for me, the journey has been, yeah, I worked for all these companies and I did all these things for them and, you know, it got a good paycheck and I was very interested in investing in stock market as well. So that's why I like doing that. But at the same time, I had this inner, I guess you could say, desire to want to make some cool device for something that I always love to do myself. And you're just like, oh, you know, let's figure that out. And then, you know, at the same time, how can you do that, you know, economically? How can you make it into a viable business as well? Because at the end of the day, if it's, if it's not going to be sustainable, you can make something cool for yourself. But, you know, it'd be really, really great if it made a big impact and, and really changed the way other people did it and the way people thought about washing their cars. Absolutely. And that's what's so great about having on the show today and and sharing with the audience here that this is possible. I worked in the automotive industry, developing products, car care products, tools, and things like that for over 20 years. So this is a bit near and dear to my heart because I understand all the challenges you go through, especially as an individual, must be very difficult from the startup costs, the development, learning all the marketing. We'll get into all that in a few minutes. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in your life and success. Maybe in this case, it ties into Gleamfire. And as you're developing your new product, it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, John, take the wheel. You know, I have a lot of quotes. And, you know, the one that I really love most is about uh, innovation. And it's by a guy. um, He actually discovered uh, vitamin C. And he was awarded the uh, 1937 Nobel Prize for that. His name is Albert St. Georgi. He's Hungarian. So Mm -hmm. so, uh, came with this great quote from discovering vitamin C. And it was that discovery consists of seeing what everyone has seen and thinking what nobody has thought. I always keep that up because it's pretty much what you're going to define is obvious. You see it there and, you know, everybody's looked at it, but, you know, they never thought it the way you're going to think about it. Absolutely. I love that quote. It's great. And tell me a bit of how you've incorporated that into the development of this new product, Gleamfire. Absolutely. The ideas for Gleamfire came from many sources, but one source was, you know, I always wash my car using buckets, right? I right. Think a lot yeah. of us do. Oh, yeah. But you always look at the bucket and you're like, whoa, that bucket's getting dirty. So it turns from clear to brown to black, so especially up here in New England where I wash my car. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes. In the winter, it's like black. It's like pure black water. And you're like, what is, you know, what's in there? You know, I don't know. And so one time, well, before I started Gleamfire, I was like, well, I just didn't pay that a second thought. I was just like, oh, yeah, I just dump it out. You know, whatever's in there is in there. But when I was doing Gleamfire, I was like, oh, you know, I really want to know that. So I figured out a bunch of methods to figure out and analyze, you know, what is in that bucket of water. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at it. And it was really enlightening to find. So I did hundreds of washes on my cars and I actually began to collect all these, call them dirt samples. 
So uh-huh. I, I now have this whole library of samples that I've filtered and created this collection of, so I can go back and say, what does dirt from the fall look like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, so it's really odd. And you can feel it, and you can see it, and you can look at it, and you can analyze it, and you can say, wow, you know, this is, this is really interesting. You know, but it's, you know, but going back to that quote, it's like everybody washes their car, but how many people want to go there and analyze what's in it? Yeah. I've never seen it. I yeah. couldn't find it. And Google, the mothership of all knowledge, had zero answers for me. So I'm like, okay, this is something I had to go out there and figure out myself. You know, I love this in so many ways. It's it's part of the R&D process, a, a thorough R&D process. But I love the fact of looking at something that everybody's seen, but maybe they really haven't thought of it. And I'll give you a, a quick story. When I was a kid, I started my own detailing business when I was 14. And my next door neighbor was my first customer. And he had the very first 450 SL. Mr. Swanser was nice enough to let me wash his brand new Mercedes 450 SL. One day I washed it and he came to pick it up and I said, where have you been? And he said, what do you mean? I said, the dirt on your car was different. And he said, what do you mean it was different? I said, well, it's normally kind of brown, but this time it was black. Where have you been? And he looked at me and he said, wow, this is cool. He said, you know, I work for the FBI and I work a bit with the forensic department. And this could be something we could use to prove that somebody's vehicle had been somewhere different. He said, I was in L.A. all week. Well, the air back in the 70s up in L.A. was a lot dirtier than the air in San Diego. And it was dirtier with different kinds of elements, like you've discovered, more black, more soot, more traffic. So I had to share that because I'm sitting here smiling as you're talking about your dirt study (laughs) (laughs) and how, yes, it is very different in different parts of the country. So I think that's really, really cool. And I love love how that quote incorporates into your R&D. Would you do me a favor and share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Tell me about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. Sure. I think it began, again, from my dad. And when I was growing up in high school, we had this old Mercedes, 300 SD turbo diesel. It was blue. It was early 1980s model. My dad doesn't remember exactly what year. I was just trying to find that out from him. It was really odd because like the paint on it was really oxidized or, you know, how the cars, you know, the paint's really glossy, it's shiny, it's smooth when you touch it. This was like... Chalk. Yeah, it was like (laughs) chalk. Like, yeah, exactly right. You run your hand over it, you're like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. So that's the way I got it. And I I don't know what my, where my dad had it new or what happened to it. All through high school, I was always trying to make it shiny. So I'd be like trying to put like three coats of wax on it. I'd be like trying to shine it this way or do something to it. And I was just like, it just doesn't work. But <laughs> So ever since then, I've always been very fanatical about, well, okay, I've got a new car. I'm going to keep it super shiny and that will never happen. I'm going to make sure what I do. Okay, I'm going to wash it all the time. I'm going to wax it this way. I'm going to take a look at new product. I'll make sure that it's safe, that it's not in the sun. So all these things, that was really my inspirational moment, kind of an anti, I guess, to say that I'd want my car to end up that way. So it's kind yeah. of like the anti method, I guess. Well, you and- call it. And here you go working in the automotive care industry. And those early Mercedes did not have clear coats. And that's why that paint was doing what you were doing. And mm. when you rub that cloth on the surface, you'd see the color of the paint come off on your cloth, which you won't exactly. see. Exactly. I remember that. You won't see with today's cars because they're all clear coated. Very different technology nowadays. But in the old days, yes. And Mr. Swanser's car, even as well as I kept it up, I get some of that uh, light blue paint on my cloth when I, when I used a polishing compound, which is what you needed to do with your dad. But that's a whole other different story. 
John, I'd love to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share with our listeners some of the challenges you face while trying to develop a new product because it is fraught with challenges and sometimes failures. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome the situations you faced and what did you learn from them? I think there are tons of challenges with developing any new product. But first and foremost for me is when I did products before, I found that always having good advice from people who have been there and done that before is the best, surest fire way to not repeat the same mistake. <laughs> yes. It's just like reading it about history. I love to do that because you can go back there and you say, well, if they already did that. They tried that. You should take that lesson to heart. Mm -hmm. But most people don't want to do that. They're like, oh, no, I'm just blazing a new path. You know, <laughs> you got to take the time to go do that because blazing a new path is quickly the, the quickest way to go straight off a cliff. Yeah, you don't see to go up in straight. flames. <laughs> <laughs> so I set out to go and find people who had been in the business before specifically and may not be directly doing it anymore. Um, so there wouldn't be that conflict of interest. They would, they know, you know, I'm not going to try to sell them anything. I'm not going to ask them anything awkward. I'm just there to have and develop a good relationship mm -hmm. and see if we can get some good advice going from one another. Yes. And I use LinkedIn a lot. Um, I went and pitched, you know, hundreds of people that way. And fortunately, you know, you were one of the names actually, Mark, that I found that way. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm very lucky that you've been able to give me good advice from oh, all your thank you. years. I found a lot of other people that way, and they give me great advice too, because they'd done products before, basically car washing products. They went out in the market, they were under big brand names, they flopped, they were removed. So I really want to know, what can you tell me about that? Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't do the same mistake. Yeah. So advice is pretty much just go out there, test early, test often, have an open mind. You know, those people... I can just keep pinging them back with questions. They serve as a good sounding board to say, you know, sure. am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing something better? What would you say was the, and I'm sure there's been many challenges, but what is one of the biggest ones that you face that you can share that, that you figured out a way to overcome it, but it just kept popping up and smacking you in the forehead? I think for this product specifically, there is a big problem with, I'll call it the, uh, the usage dynamics because mm -hmm. cause it's a, it's a, essentially a tall tube that you fill it with water and it acts very much like a bike pump that you pump up and down. So what happened in all the early prototypes that I did was the water would come shooting out like a geyser effect. <laughs> yeah. It's a surefire way to get wet. You know, water would go everywhere. Your feet would get wet. That was a huge challenge because the materials I was working with only worked a certain way. And I kept just going back and forth. And I was like, oh, there's no good way to stop this. Mm -hmm. until I brought more people in. So I had a, I used three design firms to help with this product. And the most recent design firm, you know, came up with a good recommendation. They looked at my older models and they said, well, you know, in your early prototypes, you used this different filtering approach. Maybe you should go back and use that again. And we took a look at that, optimized it more. And then lo and behold, stopped the, you know, this geysering effect from happening. So right. I think having that maybe um, humility to go out and say, you know, I don't know the answer. Let's yes. go take a look at it and go help, you know, have other people come in. Yes. I think that's a big key part of it. You don't know all the answers, but you don't need to. There are plenty of people out there that, you know, more than willing to help you figure that out. Yes, it is really important. And it's a key thing for entrepreneurs, especially to 
pay attention to here, there's a golden nugget in all this, and that is, in many cases, we're the culmination of the people we surround ourselves with. Surrounding yourselves with people that will hold you accountable, give you new ideas, give you different perspectives that you would never come up with because you are who you are is so, so important. And uh, that's why I love asking that question and, and finding out how you overcame it. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share an aha moment about Gleam Fire. It was that moment when you went, you know what? I think this product has some viability. I think I can make something happen here. And tell us the steps that you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Okay, sure. My very first aha moment with Gleam Fire began with actually coming up with the idea. And it's actually a funny story because, again, living in New England, I live in Belmont, Massachusetts, as you mentioned, and Every winter, there's a ton of snow. This year, tons more mm. snow than, than other years. Oh, gosh, yes. You know, I always wash my car in my garage, and I use a bucket, and it gets the floor all wet, and it uses a lot of water, and water goes everywhere. So I was sitting there two summers ago thinking, you know, gee, I should figure out a better way for this coming winter. Is it even possible to wash your car with less water? I don't know. And it's just kind of an idea at that stage, you know, how we all have these ideas mm-hmm. and you don't, you don't act on and others just kind of sit around. Sure. But one of my hobbies is I also raise fish and I have an aquarium in my living room. And the most important thing about raising fish is that their environment needs to be very clean. The water has to be pretty crystal clear, purified, use filters and you change it, water and you maintain it. Otherwise, the fish will get very unhealthy and, you know, they won't be long for the world, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) So Just like humans. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I was sitting in front of my fish tank, I think it was more towards the fall, and I was just staring at them and I was like, my aha moment just came. I was just like, what if I smash together my fish tank with car washing? Because the water, yeah, the water in the fish tank is always clean. What if your water in your bucket was always clean? Ah. You never, you never need tons of water. And you would always be sure that you'd be using clean water. It's like, that could be a key. I'm yeah. like, Ooh, I should try that. You know, so <laughs> I love that. You know, it's so cool. You never know where your idea is going to come from. And it's, it's not like in a fish tank where there's constant fresh water being pumped in. It's being filtered. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, so that's how it began. I have my fish to thank for coming up with this idea. <laughs> Very cool. I love that. How about proudest moments. Is there one in particular you can share with us with your Glean Fire project that really stands out? Absolutely. You know, there are a lot of moments that happen when you do a business. And with mine, it was last summer, I wanted to go do a few car shows. And I was setting up a booth there to go demo and get some feedback about early Glean Fire prototypes. So when I was doing that and getting everything ready, I was like, I need more support on this. Who can I turn to? And I was like, I should ask my wife, (laughs) my wife, Christine. I said, Christine, will you go with me? She's like, absolutely, I'll go with you. And that was, to me, has been the proudest moment of my business experience is that when your family believes in you and supports you and they'll go out to some car show and go there really early and spend all day there with you to show something that they don't really know too much about, but they're willing to be trained on it you don't need anything more proud than that. Yeah, I've done so many trade shows, been to shows, been behind the booth, in front of the booth, walking down the aisles. They are tough. Uh, They are long, long, hard days. You never get a chance to take a break for lunch, much less go to the bathroom. But they're exciting in the sense, especially with a new product, because you can see 
immediate reaction. So that's fantastic. So nice of your your wife to help you out with that as well. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share maybe a memory that you had with that vehicle. Okay, sure. My first really special car wasn't my first car. It was a car later. And mm-hmm. It's a, um, I had this Saab 9.5 Aero. It was a 2000, year 2000. It was really, it was really cool because it was the five speed and it was super torquey sedan. So it met kind of the, my needs, fit my personality. First, I love sedans. I love performance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I also love practicality. And this car had loads of practicality in it because the seats would fold back. You could load lumber in through the back <laughs> trunk. I did all sorts of stuff. But also, it was super low to the ground, super sporty, and it had more torque that you can imagine, right? But I remember, and again, I had this car up in New England, and you would drive through the potholes up here and the car would just bottom out on any kind of pothole. And you just, me and my wife would always just be like, whoa, did the car, we just wrecked the car by hitting that pothole. Yeah. But luckily it was, it was very durable. Yeah. But I think it's also very special to me because that's the car I taught my wife how to drive a stick shift on. And, yeah, cool. Yeah. And she had awesome car to learn on. And I just remember just sitting in it and we'd be on the hills around Belmont and she'd be rolling backwards <laughs> trying to get in gear and just like, oh, pull no. up the handbrake, pull up the handbrake. Yep, I have my hand on the handbrake. So yes. I'd be like, okay, we're stopping. You know, we, yep. we've gone back 50 feet. You know, that's far enough. <laughs> yeah. I remember doing that with my kids, teaching them how to drive a stick shift. So very cool. Very cool. How about Sellers from Morris? Is there a vehicle that you've owned that you really wish you had back in your garage? You know, I've, I've been thinking about this question more and I think I'd be go back to that sob. Oh, okay. Talk my wife about that. I was like, don't you really miss the stick shift? She's like, yeah, I miss that. We should get another one. You All know? right. It was a lot of fun. It's like, oh, be tough to find a stick shift in today's market. So oh, I know. It's really it's sad how many are just going away. And you know, Ferrari, you can't even buy a manual Ferrari anymore. I mean, what's with that? But I get it. And that's for another conversation. But same thing, I believe the Porsche turbos uh, coming out now, you can only get the PDK, the automatic transmission. So yeah, it's kind of a shame, and I know I taught my son and my daughter how to drive a stick shift, and I think they were one of the very few in their high school that knew how. So I always told my son, I said, here's a great way to have a car that doesn't get stolen, is to have it be a manual. Because <laughs> 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 less and less people can drive a stick shift these days, so I think it's great. This part of our talk, I always ask my guests about a current project that has them really excited and fired up. And since we're talking about Gleam Fire and you developed this, I'd love for you to share with the audience what's coming up next for Gleam Fire. Well, as I mentioned, Mark, um, I spent about a year and a half on this project. I've used three design firms to go through it. We've done 10 prototypes. So that's where we are currently. Planning to launch a Kickstarter for this project which is crowdfunding. Essentially, if your listeners aren't familiar, it allows you to um, pre-order the product before it's ready to be manufactured. Mm-hmm. And the reason a lot of people do that is just to remove the uncertainty, to say, you know, gee, I got this idea, but if not enough people want it, you know, I really shouldn't be go out and build it. You know, so it's a really good way to just put the product out there and see, you know, so you don't get stuck with this warehouse full of stuff. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, so mm-hmm. these kind of services didn't exist even a few years ago. So, so on April 21st is when we plan to launch Gleamfire on um, Kickstarter. Which is today, the day this show goes live on Cars Yeah, so that's exciting. <laughs> so go check it out on Kickstarter. So after the Kickstarter, our, our plan is to focus on execution 
um, it's really about, okay, so you raise the money, um, you need to go out and execute. So yes. all through this time, I've had the firms analyzing exactly where should we manufacture it? Um, how is the efficiency going to be done? How are we going to ship it? How are we going to test it? You know, how are we going to optimize it? Mm-hmm. All those things. And, and that's really the key, I think, to making a great product is not essentially the idea, though the idea is important, but it's really are, are you going to take a look at every single little detail to make sure that this product is not good, not great, but superb. You yes. know, it's the best product available. And it, the manufacturer is going to make sure that it's the best product available when it ends up in anybody's hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so important, the execution side of it. And the first sponsor I had here at Carjao was NOCO, a battery company, and they've done an excellent job of that. Even the packaging, I told the president of the company when he sent me the first sample of their Genius Boost, I said, this is like opening the box to my Apple iPhone. I feel like I got something pretty special here. So for you, everything is important from the marketing, the branding, the packaging, the shipping, all that kind of thing. So maybe you can share what are some of the ways you're going to market the product? Oh, absolutely. I think there are two ways I've been looking at that. The first is through Twitter. Before this product, I didn't use Twitter that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was reading about it. So I said, hey, I should try it. And, you know, it's turned out to be a really great mechanism for, you know, talking to people and connecting directly with people that care about their cars. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there, you know, unlike big companies that are just, they have a really difficult time connecting their brand and talking authentic, you know, I just tweet what's real and what's right. been happening and what's going on. And I find a lot of people connect to that. You know, if I see my car is dirty and the ground's got dirt on it, I take a picture of that and I tweet about it. Mm-hmm. If we come up with some new development with the Gleam Fire, I have pictures of that and I tweet about it. And I tweet about, you know, how I plan to manufacture it and, and everything. So I think social media being on there and just, being authentic is a great advantage for for a small business versus a big business. You know, yes, another golden nugget you're sharing here, and for those entrepreneurs out there, creating a relationship with your customer base, uh, your fan base, whoever it might be, is really so huge of what's happening these days, so much different than old school marketing from an old guy like me. The way things used to be done is connections, connections, con- making connections with people creating relationships one-on-one, even down to that level, are really key. So it's exciting to hear you're doing that. That's great. If you were a car, John, what kind of car would you be? But more importantly, why? I think I'd want to be the car I have. The car I have right now is is an Acura RL 06, a sedan, which I love. And it's practical because it's got all-wheel drive and a sedan, which is perfect for New England. But I think more than that, it's I want to be the car that is cared for, that's loved and is part of the family. I would specifically want to be my car, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what it is. It's a car that, you know, me and my wife bought together. It's the car that, you know, we brought our first son home back from the hospital with. <laughs> uh, it's the car that's, you know, always kept us safe. It's been reliable. It's never broken down, you know, unlike the Saab. I had some Saab stories with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I met some friends with Saab, so I understand. Yeah. Well, uh, that's very cool. The Acuras, uh, we've we've had an Acura in our past. They make very great products. In fact, maybe I should give them a call. Maybe they want to be a Cargia sponsor after that wonderful endorsement you just gave them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so John, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cargia listeners. Carpe VM. Seize the road. It's the motto at CarpeGear.com, where you'll find the Little Red Racing Car. An award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way 
to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an international award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kid's book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the little red racing car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Diem brand, where you can find his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Diem at carpegear.com, and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E, gear.com. All right, John, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And I'm going to ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Go for it. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? It's from my dad. He said, wash your car yourself. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. See what it's led to. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Absolutely. Um, I always go to bed by 11 p.m. so I can have a clear head. I think that's the best asset you can ever have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sleep is important for sure. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think they would benefit from? I know there are so many out there these days with websites and blogs, but is there one in particular you think would be of value? Absolutely. If if you're going to do any kind of product design, I would highly recommend that you take a look at Bleck Design Group. These are the guys that I'm using currently to design uh, Gleamfire. Awesome. How do you spell their name? B-L-E-C-K. Easy. Okay. Bleck Design Design Group. Group. Awesome. Great. We'll make sure that's on your show notes page. Would you share a book that you found really great that you think the Cars Yow listeners would enjoy? Absolutely. I think... A perfect book for business is called Endurance, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage Yes, by Alfred Lansing, and it's perfect because you face incredible odds and you can get through it. That's what the story is about. So. <laughs> great book. Yeah, it was a great, great recommendation. I'll remind our listeners you can find links to everything John has shared with us today at carsyeah.com. Just put John in the search box. His show notes page will pop right up, and you can find links to everything here. All right, John, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some car people like you. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, today I'll buy you whatever you'd like, what would that one vehicle be and why? I think I would keep the car I have now, and that's the Acker RL. And the reason to me, it's about, I think it ties more to what's your definition of collecting? And to me, collecting means that you have something that means something to you, especially so like with the car I have now, you know, I want to keep that forever because every time I'd sit in it, every time you look at it or you go back inside it, no matter, you know, how far away you are or where you are or how things have changed, it's like a little time machine. You can always go back. You can always say, you know, gee, you know, sitting here just brings back the memories when, <laughs> you know, we were together and we did this and when we were, you know, our kids were this old. So I think that's what the most important thing about collecting things are. Well, you've made it real easy on me today. Thank goodness, you know, normally people are saying Ferrari GTOs and <laughs> Della Hayes and Cobras and things that mean I'm going to have to get out a really big checkbook. You've made it pretty easy, but I love the way you just described what that means to you. and. Great. That'll be an easy for one for me to comply with. You already have it. So <laughs> just take <laughs> just take good care of it. Use that clean fire and keep it clean. And I know yep. you will. 
John, you've taken me on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your story. It's a great inspiration for a guy who's developing a new product for the automotive industry, creating a new business around it. I think that's great, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and the listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Acura? Absolutely. Just be sure to get out of your comfort zone every day. Don't take you know the status quo as given and go out there and make things different. I love it. Get out of your comfort zone. So, so important. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more? I know you're just launching your Kickstarter program today as the show airs, but what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Gleamfire? Absolutely. It'd be our website, uh, Gleamfire, which is G-L-E-A-M-F-I-R-E dot com. And we're also on Twitter, just at Gleamfire. Awesome. Great. Listeners, again, you can find everything that John shared with us on his show notes page at carsyad.com. John, thank you for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing this exciting new adventure with me and the listeners. I just can't wait to see how things go. I wish you the best of luck with Glean Fire and the rollout. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I really appreciate your time. And definitely to all the listeners out there, thank you for your time as well. Awesome. Great. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.